0: Switched away from Aston Reese, Barzell to the net, tip, score! It is Matt Morton, and it's a power play goal that brings the Islanders within one.
2: Islanders country, hello. This is P.T. Isles, the It's the Pits edition. Alongside Noel Fogelman, I'm Joe Bono. A reminder, you can listen to this show and all Lighthouse Hockey podcasts on iTunes. Please rate and review. And you can find us on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or over at LighthouseHockey.com. Lighthouse Hockey, your recipe Nation home for your New York Islanders coverage. Coming up a little later, we'll have a chat with Stephen Nisafaro, who's behind the Islanders Pride YouTube channel and Twitter account at Isles History today. But first, Noel... The Islanders do not play the Pittsburgh Penguins anymore this season. They drop two games in a row in Pittsburgh, falling two to one last night, six of eight to the Penguins overall. This was a really weird season series. I don't really know. It wasn't, didn't feel as bad as losing six out of eight, but at the end of the day, um, the Penguins definitely got the best out of the Islanders this regular season.
1: Yeah. I mean, thank God we have to see him for a few months. If we have to see him in the playoffs, so be it. But, it was, it was very weird, uh, like you said, the series. And just like the last two games, uh, first with the, the Bruins and the, the Penguins, they mirrored each other. While both for, uh, goalies took and Christian Jari get hurt after the first intermission. And both, Islanders trailing 2 nothing in both games. Our old friend, Halak, comes in. Islanders rebound, take the lead, and eventually win in, you know, in Boversheim, I guess you can say. And then we have last night where Casey okay. Smith, yeah, exactly. Casey the Smith was a wall. And, you know the Islanders. The the just uh, basically dominated the last two <laughs> periods. They just could not score. You know, but besides, you know, the power play specials, Matt Martin, and I don't know. Just a thank God we don't have to see Pittsburgh again for regular season. I'm I'm sick of that team. I'm sick of Chris Letang. I'm just sick of all those guys. You know, it, it's enough already.
2: Yeah, I'm oddly sick of Chris Letang more so than than uh, Malkin or, or even or you even Crosby, Crosby to be exactly. Honest. Uh, I saw I saw a stat. I had thought about this earlier uh, in the day or last night when the game ended, that uh, last night was only the third time that the Penguins beat the Islanders in regulation in a game where Crosby uh, played and uh, start to finish and was held off the score sheet. And that was the first time that's happened since February 10th, 2010. So, you know, when you uh, keep Sidney Crosby off the score sheet against the Islanders, and as we have well documented in the past, all Islander fans know uh, his stats historically against the Islanders. I think he scored more against them than any other team in the regular season. Uh, Those are games you you would like to win. And also a big theme coming out of last night's game was that this was now the third straight game where the Islanders have now fallen behind Two nothing. They've done that now five out of their last six games. Right. Arthur Staple last Barry Trotz after the game, "What can you make of it?" And the answer is, he can't really make much of it. Right? He felt like they were ready to go. Yeah. They, I'm sure, they're talking about starting the game quickly and um, feel like they have the right mindset heading into the start of the game. Um, but it doesn't materialize. And he pointed out that you know individual mistakes were leading to goals and breakdowns earlier in the game. You know, Scott Mayfield, we talked about him last week. Yep. Another, you know, really responsible for that first goal. John Marino making that large, long rush to set up the goal, um, the first goal. And then obviously the Islanders gave up a goal late in the first period as well and find themselves in another 2 nothing hole. So it's odd that the Islanders have, have now done this now three consecutive, three consecutive games. Um, but uh, they are digging themselves out of a hole. They were able to dig themselves out in a few games against Flyers and the Bruins, not able to do it either night in Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah. And then it's kind of a disturbing serving They're three eight and one when Charlie after two this year. So they, you know, if they're going to fall down, you know, two nothing or even one or whatever, if they're down, they better tie it up or take a lead before the second remission. Because chances are, they're not going to come away with anything in regulation, which, you know, it's, it's a shame, but you, you mentioned Mayfield and, He's, he's going to play, unfortunately, until the return of Dobson, which I believe would be after the next game. Uh, Barry Traste is going to miss three game road trip. So, hopefully, but in all of this, we've seen Thomas Hickey, and it's, it's a feel good mm. story. And finally, there's a little bit of depth of, uh, you know, defenseman here. You know, he's hasn't really looked at a place. You know, he's kind of held his own after a little bit of an absence. And I mean, you know me, I'm not the biggest Scott Mayfield fan And I can see him ride the bench You are not Yeah, exactly And I I know he's not coming out of the lineup I know Barry Trotz is not going to take him out of the lineup But at least there's an option now with Thomas Hickey
2: Well, he's not for Sebastian Ajo You're saying that because Hickey has shown that he can step right in Maybe quicker than people anticipated um, After such a long layoff And well-documented kind of the emotional aspect of his return with his uh, brother passing away from cancer and what it meant uh, for him, even though he couldn't uh, get back on the ice prior to him passing away, how much it meant to him to get back on the ice and contribute the way he did with two points in that first period. So you're thinking that, you know, with Dobson coming back, that what we didn't see for so long, which was that six, those six defensemen, those three pairs staying together the whole time you think there's maybe a possibility that he uh, has Mayfield watch a little bit?
1: I mean, it's an option. I know the whole righty-lefty thing. I mean, they're not uh, Mayfield's a righty, Hickey's lefty. I mean, I don't think that matters as much because Hickey's a veteran. Uh, But it's something that Scott Mayfield Mayfield should kind of look over his shoulder right now and think he's he's not safe even though he he probably is. I mean, I don't think like I I said, I don't think uh, Brad Trotz is going to take him out of the lineup. It's It's been too long now. I think he's earned his trust. But if he keeps making these, you know, ill-advised plays, he's not the – I don't think he's the smartest player. I I don't want to pile on Scott Mayfield. But, I mean, it's it seems like he makes the dumbest – Yeah, it's the second straight show you've said that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. It's, you know, and like previously (laughs) on the All's Buzz podcast, I mean, Dan Petra used to, you know, I wouldn't say kill him all the time. But, I mean, the proof is in the pudding with him. You know, sometimes he gets great plays, you know, very, you know, uh, timely goals like he did in the playoffs. But he's, at best, bottom pairing to an extra defenseman.
2: I saw one stat this week, and I forgive me, I forgot who tweeted it out. And there are so many different types of statistics you can delve into these days. But right. it was about a score around what players are on the ice for and against ice calls for their team. Okay. And I think Mayfield was pretty much the worst on the team when it came to being on the ice when the islanders took an icing and as a defenseman that's a bit of an indictment yeah uh, a little bit a little bit as as well yeah Um, absolutely so the islanders two seven and two against the penguins and the capitals we said Mm -hmm. no more games against pittsburgh uh, but they do have plenty of games coming up with washington 23 (laughs) and two against everyone else in the division 23 and two uh versus the rest of their opponents and you look at the schedule right now, and they got a lot of games coming up with the Capitals, games with the Rangers, and I know because of the way the Islanders have played against Washington thus far this season, and how good the Caps have been. I mean, Islanders are playing really well all of March, had a nine-game winning streak, and really couldn't uh, create any distance between them and the Capitals, and are currently two points behind them, uh, Washington with with the game game in hand. Um, but that is an opportunity as well. As much as it looks scary when looking at the schedule that you got a tough Matchups with the, the top team in your division, one of the better teams, um, you know, in the Eastern Conference, um, whatever you call it, <laughs> these exactly. days. The mass <laughs> um, yeah. The yeah, that's still an opportunity uh, for the Islanders. They're only two points out of first place. I understand they're now tied with Pittsburgh, but they're two right. points out of first place. They've been playing without their top scorer at the time, Anders Lee. Yeah, they're, they're yeah they struggled a bit. They're three and four since the nine game winning streak. Also 12 game point streak, of course. And, you know, they've had their moments where people have picked up the slack without Anders Lee. And they've had the moments where, and we'll get into it, the first line uh, obviously it looks like it's lacking. And then you kind of, you miss that element. Um, but overall, they are still very much in the hunt for the division, for, for, for home ice in the first round. Although if you judge by Isle's Twitter last night, it felt like the, the sky was falling in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it felt like they're like the Buffalo Sabers right now, <laughs> but you know they they have a ten game cushion and for a playoff spot right now. So I mean, they have some you know wiggle room here. But like you said, next two games against Capitals, those are points you can get. I know that they've they've struggled this year, but they can they can get these points, and then just just move on. Just kind of like cause we're in NCAA tournament tournament time, survive in advance. That's all. This time it's basically every game is a four point game. Just try to limit those as much as possible. Keep these games basically into regulation, and then you should be okay. But, you know, I mean, the Rangers also are kind of creeping up. You know, they're getting healthy now. Their coaching staff healthy. Their players are, are back. They could be making moves too. And the Islanders have a bunch of games with the Rangers as well. And, you know, the Rangers want nothing more, to, you know, than to beat the Islanders and try to knock them out of the playoffs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, there was some panic, I think, um, at least on my timeline last night, you know, you know, it's weird for me that the honors lose two games in a row and it's yeah, panic yeah. time, um, you exactly. know, and, and then the fact that they are, you know, got a 10 point cushion uh, between them and the Flyers for being out of the playoffs and uh, we're panicking and that, you know, if it gets down to four points with the Flyers still a game in hand. Yeah, but yeah, what you know, you what's, what's your panic threshold? You know, what does really panic mean? If panic is, you know, six points up a few days from now um, with uh, 17 games left in the season, I mean, that should not be panic. And if the team falls and falters all the way down and loses a 12 to 14 point cushion, then that you know that that wasn't a team that was going to make any noise in the postseason anyway. Um, So I don't know what more Barry Trotz and this team and this group has to show you in terms of their resiliency and the ability to right the ship. Um, eventually um, than they have over the last two and a half, three seasons to make you think that this is somehow these two games is, some, is somehow um, indicative of, of a lot of bad hockey that's about to come. On top of that, I refuse to get angry and riled up. I use the term this week. I'm pretty even tempered watching these games because right now, this is not the finished product for the Islanders this season. I think we all know that. We don't know what that piece is going to be, whether it's Paul Mary, whether it's Felina, whether it's a Dustin Brown or someone else. So I'm not going to get riled up. I'm not going to get, oh, this team is not a contender. They're not in the same ballpark as, as Pittsburgh or Washington or Tampa or even Florida. I'm not going to do that until I see what is the roster makeup and what is the line makeup and that chemistry going to be going into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, Arthur Staple tweeted out, You know, if you don't want to wait to April 12th, this would be a really good time to make a move. And and I agree. I don't know if that's going to happen or we're going to have to wait another two weeks. But I reserve judgment as to whether or not this team can be a contender and make a deep playoff run until I see what Lou does at the deadline.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty even keel too. But, you know, at fans, I can understand their frustration since we kind of saw what happened last year. I don't just have that ridiculous point streak they were at the top of the league. Everyone loved them. Then they had the losing streak going into the quarantine. And everyone, you know, thank God for, the, I mean, I, okay. Hockey-wise, the quarantine worked out for the Islanders. We all know that. I mean, obviously, you don't want mm-hmm. a, a pandemic. But I'm saying strictly for hockey-wise, it worked out. They also got, you know, Andy Green. They also got Paggio. Both those trades worked out. So we know the track rec- record of Lou. Lou will make a move when he makes a move. He already said he's going to make something. Should it be sooner than later? Absolutely. Because last night's lineup was basically a cry for help for Barry Trotz. I don't even know why rush Rush Johnson's not an NHL player. He should not be anything. Did you see that I'm wraparound?
2: Sorry. Did you see the wraparound? I, I saw the wraparound. That was a that nice was, wraparound. If
1: he was any other player. Six hits. That, any other player that had would Six been. hits. Six hits, great DJ Lemayo. Six hit hits, I, big deal. Hits are completely <laughs> overrated stat. I, I don't want his hits. Uh, it's great. Ten minutes. So what? You never want to see a player take an offensive zone. Take a penalty. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. Only time I want to see him in the lineup. Oh, that was the worst part of his game.
2: He complimented yeah. him in the post game. He was happy with him in the post game when asked about Ross Johnson's performance.
1: Yeah. He better not be in the lineup tomorrow. And we all know he's going to be in the lineup tomorrow because it's Tom Wilson. And it's Garnet Hathaway. It's all these, you know, goons. I don't care if Tom Wilson says he's he reformed, or whatever. But also, Kamala, he, we all love Uncle Leo, and I mean that sarcastically. But without Dal Cole, healthy.
2: What do you? Was it even
1: an experiment? Are we saying that? I, I don't know. I mean, it's like you, you warmed. You had a uh, Austin Jernak on the lineup. Why not put him in there? Every time he's been in there, he's been he's been okay. He's a professional player. I mean, obviously, there's no remedy until make a trade. But the problem is, does Lou want to set the market? That That's the big thing. I know that, you know, there was an Eric Stahl trade, and that, that was a minor deal. But, I mean, does he want to give up the first-round pick right now? Does he want to see how it plays out with, with the Sabres? Are, are they waiting, let's say, for Taylor Hall to for his contract to go? You know, every – game now every day his contract goes down a little bit or is he waiting for that is he waiting to make a move like you said for Kyle Palmieri uh, but this team needs two, at least two forwards now you know it would be nice to have a, another guy in the third line someone who is responsible maybe bring back Derek Broussard but Derek Broussard cannot be the only move if you're bringing back Derek Broussard this team is no better than it was last year you know you have Alva Wallstrom who's been yeah, I mean, but he's basically canceling Andersley out with the production, I mean, different type of player. But and you, you mentioned Wallstrom. You know, I mean,
2: right. And you mentioned Wallstrom. who was, uh, I believe, yeah. Don moved on to the taxi squad uh, earlier tonight. And yeah. Up, you know, <laughs> people get all crazy about that. Exactly. Some people pushing. Paper pushing paper it's a little too complicated for me yeah. to uh, exactly. to understand, let alone explain. But I right. think he'll be in the lineup um, next yeah. game. Exactly. There's a temptation, I think, amongst the fans, and I'm sure even the coaches, to say, what would a eberly barzell wallstrom line do um right. but if you're going to do that you're going to do that at the detriment of a Pajot bovillier and wallstrom line that's played rather consistently well um, over time so that's why it's so important to get one or maybe even two forwards uh to plug and play right. so you have that balance across the four lines that the islanders um are really known for when they're going well and especially if they continue to get offensive performances from power play specialist matt mm-hmm. martin Right. And, and scored, I know uh, his uh, second power play goal in his history. He's been great. Right. I
1: exactly.
2: think he's. Yeah. Is he the uh, second leading left wing on the team and scoring right
1: now? <laughs> I, I, I think he is. But I mean, in the time, t- I have no problem with him being on the first line until they get somebody on the, on the, on the power play, because he's a body, he's in front. And he showed that goal. It was an Anders Lee type goal on, on the power play. So I don't yeah. have a problem with that right now, but you have Bells, we, we need to talk about if he's not scoring, he's not doing anything. You know, that's pretty much what Brock Nelson used to be before Barry Trotz came in here. And if he can't back check, and it's just like, but give him a chance. I mean, he has more production abilities than Ross does, Rick Johnson. It's just like you're getting him in the lineup just at the sake of getting him in, See, try to catch lightning. But I don't I honestly, I don't know. I, I never want to doubt Barry Trotz because look what he's done here. But that one was questionable, you know? And again, if you got the right And it's happened a lot,
2: right? Um, yeah. you know, if it, if it, if there was um you know, I think there's a rapport between Barzell and Kamarov from when Barzell was, you know, in his second year and, and Kamarov being brought in for those intangible reasons um with the Islanders. I know Arthur Staple talked about that on his hmm. on his podcast earlier today, and trying to think about why has Barry gone to this hmm. this lineup to put him on the left wing of barzell but the production just hasn't hasn't been no, there. you know right, if, exactly. if it's a hunch or a feeling or a gut feel it hasn't resulted um in scoring and you know you get a lot of ranger fans chirping in recent days and showing you know how many points ryan Strom has compared yeah. to matt barzell etc but you know barzell's now been playing a month with leo kamarov on his left wing and you know he's a playmaker first so yeah. um it was good to see barzell get a goal on on the uh on the breakaway in the, in the game that they lost against Pittsburgh, the first game, yeah. um, also you know had a nice rush that resulted in the in the Bovilio goals goal. So maybe they get him going. You know, power play's been okay, but there it was actually quite interesting. They um, they moved uh, switched out Pul- Pulak and, and and Letty on the power play units. They mm-hmm. want Pulak playing on the same unit with Wallstrom um, because they felt like already. Teams are trying to take away that shot, um, right. which just shows a lot, a lot of respect for what Wall Street has been able to do. Absolutely. Why teams don't try to take away the shot of uh, Ovechkin. Of, uh, Ovechkin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, but listen, there's going to all I want to say to Islanders country, Islanders nation is relax, I, you know, it's it's. Two games, you wanted to get one of those games. I understand they're not playing well. If they did not, if they had not found a way to win those overtime games against Philly and against Boston, I think I would feel a little different. This was already a four-game skid going into this next stretch. I feel a little bit different about it, but they did enough to win and keep, you know, keep that cushion in double digits with the Flyers. Flyers haven't shown. I don't think anyone that they're going to be able to turn it on. Same with the Rangers. I think there's too many faults defensively in their game. You know, the Islanders don't have to play great hockey to make it into the playoffs. And like we've said before, any of those matchups are going to be tough first round matchups. If you're playing Washington, if you're playing Pittsburgh, if you're playing Boston, Boston, um, you know, even the way they've handled them so far this year, as Barry Trotz said, right, they play a man's game. That's not going to be an easy playoff series. Um, And it's kind of weird that the Islanders have been such a better home team this year than they've been a road team. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And, uh, but yet, so you obviously want home ice, but it's a year where you would think home ice would be not as important based on the fact that we don't expect, you know, full crowds to be um, in in Pittsburgh or in Washington or whatever you're playing. So a little, little interesting that they just have not been able to carry over their, their good play
1: at home on the road this year. Yeah. It's, it's definitely strange, but they still have a bunch of, uh, More home games and away games coming up. So, and then they Mm -hmm. uh, they finally rescheduled that Boston COVID game, which is now uh, May May 10th. Yeah, so
2: right, extended the uh, extended the regular season a couple days. Exactly uh, to 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 May 10th with that rescheduling. A couple games to to finish up the season in Buffalo against the Sabres. By the way, if you're nervous, the Islanders only up two points. Or have, or tied going into the last three games of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least you got two games at Buffalo at the end of the year. Yeah, um, some other things that happened uh, over the course of the week.
1: What was that? I was just going to say May. I mean, uh, right before that game, it's two games with the Rangers, two games at Buffalo, and two games with the Saber, uh, with, I'm sorry, with the Devils. So all those teams could be obviously two of them will be going out of the playoffs. So those are six points you have to get before the game in Boston. You really don't want that game against Boston mm-hmm. to mean anything. Do that, cause that'd be pretty dangerous
2: yeah i don't like going into last games of the season trying to get home ice didn't work out the last time out uh, that had to happen uh, for the <laughs> islanders <laughs> when they closed down when they closed down the coliseum um the five time, six years yeah. ago <laughs> um worth noting of course this week that uh, josh bailey played in his 900th game
1: Congrats.
2: and uh The game itself did not go well for the Islanders. And uh, I put out on Twitter that, you know, Josh Bailey's thousandth game will surely go better than this. Mm -hmm. And the responses I got were, yeah, in Seattle, right? People expect (laughs) people expecting him or wanting him uh, to be uh, selected as part of the expansion draft. I think Josh Bailey will be an Islander for life. He will finish with the most career games ever played Mm -hmm. with the Islanders perhaps, and uh, be a cinch for the Islanders Hall of fame. That is, that is my prediction. Um, but what I did not know, and shame on me, um, maybe you did know this, that Bob Nyström was the first Islander to get to 899 games, but Potvin
1: was the first Islander to 900. Did you know that? I did not. So I'm assuming that uh, Nyström had an injury that held him out. Correct. A he had
2: an injury, and then yeah, he had an, He had an injury. And then in April of the 1986 season, um, he got back on the ice for essentially his, you know, his last game, he had an eye injury in January and uh, made a brief appearance on the ice at the Coliseum in a game in in April and and a 7-1 win against the hapless Devils. Hmm. And uh, that was, that was it. So he, you know, it was a pretty, mostly ceremonial uh, 900th game uh, for, 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 uh, Bobby Nyström there, but I did not know that little nugget that he was the first to 899, but he was not the first to to 900. Interesting.
1: interesting. To so there. it's kind of like a round number, just like the al Arbor 1500. You wanted to get
2: that right, uh, but they didn't have to. to they that. didn't have to bring him. They didn't have to bring him back in his in his 60s <laughs> or 70s to do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. Congrats to Josh though. Listen,
2: That's we'll valid. spend a moment on Josh Bailey, right? Because I always get a kick out of some of these quotes that come out of the players and the coaches. Um, just because of the you know, vitriol that is focused on Josh Bailey from the fan base at times, there was a quote from Andy Green that I saw that said, I always knew he was a good player. I just didn't know that he was this good. About <laughs> Josh Bailey, so he always gets these kind of great compliments from his from his teammates and his coaches yeah. about how smart he is, great hockey sense, mm-hmm. and yet everyone only just sees him being like a turnover machine that isn't doing anything on the ice, that is a disappearing act, and he's a passenger and this and that. There's some massive disconnect between the way his teammates uh, view him and coaches view him in terms of his value than than what we see, um, maybe just watching on the TV screen.
1: Yeah, I mean. Islander fans, is he hurting the team more than helping the team? I'll, I'll, I'll pose that question right now. He helps the team more than he hurts it.
0: Well,
2: considering what the other uh, options would be, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I- exactly. You know, so, I mean, he's a lifer. He's been here forever at the 901 games now. He's he's an Islander, okay? Why why root against a player on your team? I never understood that. You want the guy to succeed, right? <laughs> That, I, in all yeah, some
2: people want to just be, you know, told that they're right. You know, they want to be right.
1: Well, you know what, then sometimes don't, don't,
2: so they they're willing to gloat and be happy when he has bad moments. Don't, but don't he's sitting now at nine hundred and one games, Brian Trottier. Trottier, of course, the all time leader in games played with one thousand one twenty three. Okay, so he's two hundred and twenty three games away. That's three seasons. Yeah. If he stays yeah. healthy.
1: Uh, he can definitely do it. Which which would, would kill Islander fans. Amazing, and that's why I wanted to do it even more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 pro Bailey. I'm sorry. I mean, like I said, I don't root against any any players unless it was Kurt Muller. Uh, People and- being
2: con being against Bailey has made me pro Bailey more so than yeah. it would have been pro Bailey if everyone just didn't try to try to get on him. Um, you know, with uh, more angst than they do some other players when they. Um, when they make when they yeah. make mistakes
1: right that being said if he does get selected by seattle i won't cry because it takes his contract off off the hands which is five mm. million dollars right I hate to see him go but you wouldn't mind it because the, the money and they the um to, uh free the base
2: i mean that's that's you know that's part of the equation here too with the rundles right yeah. before we wrap up the segment that the owners would not have had any ability to make any kind of significant move um if andrews Andrews lee did not get hurt exactly right because if there was an option to to trade someone with salary and term like a kamarov like a hickey i think it would have would have happened now maybe hickey has come back and showed some value there and he can be a depth defenseman for someone i don't know as part of a part of a deal with picks to get someone back We, we shall see but um if they bring back any player with term, like like Dustin Brown, for instance, who has another year, it would be a nice yeah. player to have in your like top nine half, the following year. Yeah. But the, the, how do you make that work for the following year? So there's certain constraints and why a rental makes you know, even more sense than it would maybe in another year because you're expecting Lee to be back for the start of the season and that salary to be back on the books and you're mm-hmm. not expecting to be able to have um, flexibility. And we really don't expect um, the salary cap to be moving upward and onward next year in the NHL either.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the longer season goes, the easier you to be even get Taylor Hall if you want one. An- another guy who could be interest interesting. I know the Islanders wanted him, and right before the season was Mike Hoffman, who was scratched the other day by St. Louis, not having the year that most, loose fans would hope. He only has I think eight goals, but he'd be a pure rental, and he would certainly help. He's, he's a proven goalscorer. Mm-hmm. Maybe change a team, team to senior who would help playing with Barzell. I, I think that'd be a, a fantastic move. And then you also you bring in a secondary foe. Even you can bring Palmer. If you have both those guys, your top nine is, is fantastic. Or like I said before, you know, a, a reunion with uh, our old friend Derek Rossard wouldn't cost much, probably a fourth round pick, fifth round pick. Yeah, I mean yeah, I, I wouldn't this be this is you know, go-
2: this is gonna be exciting. I don't no. I don't there's been there's been years where you hope the Islanders would make a pick, make a trade, and they didn't or made right. a trade that was underwhelming. There was last year where I don't know whether or not I really believe the Paggio deal was going to happen. Um, and it did. And, and they, you know, they gave up a first and second round pick to make it happen. And then right. the extension. So that was a bit of a surprise, but I don't really recall a year like this, where it was almost a foregone conclusion that mm-hmm. they were going to do something. Right. And we're just waiting to see what it's going to be. Is it going to be the big, the hot name, the Taylor hall name that you say, change the scenery, get him motivated here. He's a free agent. See if he can play his best hockey, playing with Eberly Barzell and, and Taylor Hall and catch lighting in a bottle. You go that route. Do you go the Kyle Palmieri route? I, a guy that would clearly fit what the Islanders like to do. You know, Felino, another leadership type personality, Dustin Brown, again, another aging veteran type of power forward type. So it's going to be exciting. I think the team and certainly the fan base will have a boost no matter what direction they go. And we just got to be a little bit more patient to see what it, what it ends up happening.
1: Yeah, and you also kind of have to look at the standings because there was talking a couple weeks ago how um, natural predators were going to have a fire sale with, you know, with Forsberg and Victor Arvidsson. Right now, they're in the playoffs. You know, they have yeah. a great stretch right now. So I, I, I wouldn't be so, you know, sure that they're, you know, going to be trading players if they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. So that's you know, another team you have to monitor. And if Lou wants one of those guys, he might have to waste a deadline. I, I'm in a camp where you should make the move now. Because you need to have the chemistry of these players. You, you need to get them playing. You can't afford to have any more losses. I mean, I I, I know, I'm not panicking or anything like that, but you, you want you want to make sure the team you know gets situated, can play together. And why why wait? Why give up points when you don't have to?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I mean, I don't know if it's just, cause you're gonna give up a, a higher draft pick now. And, and listen, unfortunately, Lou will not be
2: telling us on Twitter um, what's no. happening in, in right. negotiations. Um, like, um, like some other executives in other sports may uh, let their feelings be known and yeah. uh, maybe put them in better or worse um, negotiation position. Um, by the way, just quickly on that. Like, yeah. the guy is obviously Steve Cohen, of course, right, of course, is a brilliant businessman and a shark. Yeah. And yet I really don't think this is smart. <laughs> maybe i'll be wrong but i'm like it kind of it seems like a no win situation here either alienate your player or turn the fan base against them or i'm not sure what's going on you know know. and i really just respect the way lou has done it it's frustrating as a fan to not get any information out to get excited to hear the rumor mill going
0: yeah
2: but at the same time um you know how difficult it must be to not have anything ever leak But you must have so much respect of your circle as well. It's not just a one-person thing that Lou doesn't talk. It's that circle that's around him respects him so much that everyone keeps their mouth shut. Yeah, you know. Whereas yesterday with the with the Mets, you know, you found out what the Mets had offered Lindor, and then you found out like within a few minutes later that he had rejected, and this is what he was looking for. That's coming from the Mets for a reason, right? You know, using the media in that way. And I don't know. Give me, you know, you get a. Not that he needs my respect or anyone else's, but pretty impressive that Lou Limerino was able to do this and keep things very private all the time and very, you know, buttoned up. You yeah. know, I don't know how he does it, but he's done it for now 50 years.
1: Yeah. And it was pretty funny though. The previous general manager, nothing really came out either. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he like Lou has, you know, press conference. He'll talk won't say much, but we never heard from Garth. You know, he, he was, you know, jacked up somewhere heard him maybe once a year whereas it seems like lou at least talks well at least once a month he does interviews you know on, on uh, nhl network radio but garth you never heard anything so it's, it's just kind of mm-hmm. funny how uh you get two you know similar um philosophies but the quality of the job is quite different yeah <laughs> you know and, and i, I kind of made a joke on twitter about steve cohen it's like you should just save the money on Lindor and end up buying the Arizona car, the Arizona Coyotes, because it's the same amount of money. <laughs> you know, you could spend three hundred million dollars might as well hockey team. No, it's true. It's yeah. wild. It's wild, yeah. but it's true. Yeah. It's, it's,
2: it's, um. By the way, I don't think the Islanders will be bringing back uh, black jerseys. Um, I don't think like so. the Please, no, I do Please <laughs> none of them, no. None of them Nostalgia. There. That nostalgia will not return. Um, but we will be talking nostalgia in our next segment when we come back i'll have an interview with steven nissafaro steven is behind the islanders pride youtube channel and the twitter account at isles history today spoke to him a couple days ago hope you enjoy the interview you're listening to pt isles part of the lighthouse hockey podcast network i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal We're back, PT Isles, Joe Bono with you, and I'm joined now by Stephen Nisafaro, who is behind the At Isles History Today Twitter account and the YouTube channel At Islanders Pride that has over 1.6 thousand Islander videos and over 3,000 subscribers. Stephen, appreciate you making the time. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. So we mentioned Stephen's site, on the show last week, Islanders Pride at this point has over 1.6 thousand videos and 3.27 thousand subscribers. Stephen, tell us how you were able to amass this massive collection of Islanders videos. Well,
0: it's it started off a uh, couple oh. different ways. Um, it started off from my collection of games on DVD, which started with, I started with about two games and it's now into the hundreds. Um, so it, it kind of started with that. It also started with just finding clips online and from from other videos and from from pretty much anywhere I can find them. And I and I add them to the channel. I find clips off of, of uh, tapes of newscasts. I find highlight shows and old sports shows and things like that. And I, I put them on there and and of course there's, um, the usual places where you, you know, you get like Hockey Night in Canada and things like that. Um, you know, th- those kinds of clips. And, um, yeah, so it started about, my the channel started about 10 years ago, I want to say. And I, and, um, you know, I didn't start off with very many videos it was a slow process, but, um, I've been very fortunate. I've been able to grow my collection and grow my, um, my archive and, uh, I think it's I think I'm pretty happy with the way things have been going so far. So I think everyone would
2: be, you know, expecting that you'd have some of the great moments from the dynasty era on here, um or even some playoff games here and there, but you mentioned before about these, you know, highlights from sports telecasts where you'll see, you know, Len Berman back in the 80s or Russ Salzberg or whomever else kind of going into these or Sal Marciano going into these Islander eclipses. How do you go about finding, you know, random, you know, Saturday Night Islander games from the 70s or 80s, and their, uh, you know, 60 to 90 second clip of that highlight of that game?
0: You know, sometimes you just gotta get lucky. You gotta look up the the actual newscasts from when they happen. Sometimes, you know, you get lucky, and and I have um, tapes of a bunch of them. I have a bunch of highlight tapes, and I have a bunch of different um, things like that. Like different compilations and stuff that I that I have that I'm also going to be putting on the channel, um, so you know it's stuff like that. But you just it takes a lot of digging, and it takes a lot of um takes a lot of man hours to find this stuff because it's not you know it, it's not easy to find clips of Islander games from you know thirty forty years ago. So you know you just gotta put in the the work and the effort, and sometimes you come out with with a nice little clip.
2: Is there any specific uh, tool that you use or website where you are able to kind of search the database for these uh, sports uh, telecasts or news telecasts and kind of find that sports segment to see whether or not they covered the Islanders that night?
0: Um. Well, the schedule. Like, I use Hockey Reference when I when I do the Twitter page. Uh, Hockey Reference is an invaluable resource to people like me and and people who do stats and all that stuff. Um tremendous, tremendous website. Um so that that helps me immensely to know, you know, the dates that they played, if they won, who they played, all that stuff. And then you look up the you know, if there was a, a sports show on that from that day or if there was a news if there was a news show on that day. And um or if I happen to have the actual game, so you know, I have um a, a pretty decent amount of, of full games. Um, on there, too. But um, yeah, it's it's, it's just, um, you know, using hockey reference and uh, cross-referencing that and um, going out and trying to find some clips.
2: So how much of this is things that you're sourcing compared to maybe a collection that you had um, yourself, like whether in your family or yourself, were there old VHS tapes of games that you've converted or it's mostly been sourced online?
0: Well, I started off with two games in my collection that were from my personal collection from from when my uh actually my grandmother had taped a couple of games and uh, I had them and I started with them and I started trading with people um on the trade circuit and um my collection just kept growing and growing and growing. So um that's kinda how that happen i i so explain that to me. so
2: explain that to me you said that there's a trade there was a trade circuit for tapes of islander games that you were able to go
0: into oh yeah there's a there's a trade circuit for for old hockey games there's uh it's it's uh, a tremendous community it's alive and well i i still get emails from people all the time looking to do trades um you know um and we uh, burn games to DVD, and we um, and we create them. You make, you make up your own lists. You type up your own um, list of what you have. You send them a list, and then they send you a list of what they have. And then if you you find some games that you want or you don't have, then, then they find games that they have they they want that they don't have, and you and you get a trade going. Is there any wish list
2: out there for games that have been elusive to this point that you've been trying to to track down, especially?
0: Um, I mean, luckily, the Islanders aren't that old of a franchise where, where, um, you know, some games are elusive, find. like you're talking about the VCR era. So a lot of the games are, are available and are out there. Um, I mean, I can't think of any that I that I really want that I don't already have. Um, you know, it's, it's just a matter of, if if there's a game that I don't have, and I know I don't have it, I'll I'll put I'll see if I'll go look for it, and I'll go see if anyone else has it.
2: So, in terms of the games that are more contemporary in, in recent years, um, obviously there's NHL.com, and there's you would expect there would be game recaps and things like that. Are you concerned with trying to capture the full games of, let's say, like last year's Islander playoff run, for instance, and have that available? on your channel or or are you not really concerned about kind of uh the here and now as, as much as trying to capture games from the 70s 80s and 90s
0: well it's interesting because the nhl is um they're pretty strict about putting more recent games up like they'll block you on youtube if you try to put up a more recent game from like the past i don't know two or three years um so that's I have tried to do that. I, I do have games from, from very recent that I can get that that I can put up that but they won't let me, they won't let you put them up though because the NHL is very strict about that for some reason. We're
2: talking to Steven Nisafaro who <laughs> hosts the Islanders Pride YouTube channel as well as runs the Isles History Today Twitter account described as daily history and remembrances of the NHL's New York Islanders through our personal archive of print and videos. Check check us out on YouTube, um, Islanders Pride. And uh, today, for instance, we're recording this on March 24th. You say, you know, on this day in 2013, Islanders beat the Panthers 3-0 at the Coliseum. Islanders scored first period power play goal, McDonald, and then two two empty net goals in the third our former captain and Um So how do you line up these um, on this day in Islanders history? Um, do you kind of, ha- you know, what's the preparation like to kind of match the date with the videos that you're going to share later on that day on Twitter?
0: Well, I do this every day. I, um, I use my own channel and I go in the search bar to search the videos of my own channel and I'll, and I'll put in the date. And then from there, I get, I'll get you know however many games or clips there are, and then from there I'll go to Hockey Reference, and I'll look, I'll look up each game, and I'll make sure that, uh, that I get the box score. If they don't have the box score, I just get, I try, I try to give as much info as possible, but um, they they have box scores from 1980 on. So um, I you know look up the box score, look up all the info, and try to try to get that information into the 240 characters that um you know twitter allows you to write for a clip sometimes you know it doesn't always work out where i can put everything in one tweet but usually it's 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 pretty good where i'm able to put up a clip and i'll record i'll record the clip off my phone and then i'll that's how i'll put it on twitter and um you know it's that's i've been doing this for almost three years now um and it's it's been really um it's been really good to see the response from everyone that uh has supported me through the channel and uh I'm just very thankful for all the all the support that I've gotten for um for the YouTube channel and for the Twitter. Yeah, I mean I think it's a incredible resource
2: and uh I look certainly look forward to seeing it every day. And you know, the reason why Noel and I got to talking about you last week was uh Zabinajad had the um you know, six point period against the Flyers. And uh, I knew that Brian Trottier had done that uh, for the Islanders and, and and looked it up on YouTube. And, and, and there was the entire game with the, I think, the radio feed with uh, Stephen Albert and Stan Fischler doing the call. And, you know, I had never watched highlights of that game before, but I was able to kind of pull out a couple highlights and, and tweet them out and tag you in it as uh, as the credit for that source. And, you know, as as we get further and further away from those dynasty years, I think it's just more and more important that um, Islander fans kind of go back and and watch clips from those times.
0: Yeah, I mean the the one of the most um, uh, rewarding things for me, and uh, you know, most heartwarming thing is for me was um, someone told me one time about my talking about my channel. They said, "Thank you for bringing the dynasty alive, keeping the dynasty alive," and uh, that was. That's something that um, that I, I took to heart because it, it, it um, especially for younger fans that didn't get to see all the great, all those great teams and all those great moments, um, it really helps to bring them to life and give them their proper respect that they deserve by, you know, putting them on YouTube. And um, interestingly about that, the, the Trottier game, um, that game was a, a very rare game, hard, hard game to find in the trade circuit. I was lucky to get it, and uh, I had it for a couple years before I put it online. I finally decided to put everything I possibly could in my collection online, and that was that was one of the games. So, um, you know, I'm happy that you know people are are watching and and they're able to tune in.
2: So, what did you have to trade to get the Trottier game?
0: Can you tell us? <laughs> I don't even remember. It was it was like two or three years ago, um, maybe even longer than that. Um, I think I had to. I think I had to get up game two from the eighty the eighty series against Boston. The fight game when they had the big bench clearing brawl. I think I think that game was part of it. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. There is a couple other ones in there too, but I, I do remember the the game two against the Bruins in nineteen eighty was definitely one of the games. So when you're trading it, you're trading
2: the digital copy of the game, or, or are they looking for a, a hard, you know, DVD or VHS?
0: Version? They well, when you when you trade, they prefer that you give DVDs, but I mean, it's gone even. Beyond trading for DVDs now, with the way technology is, that you can you just put games up online and and everyone can just you know see them. I think that that would be ideal for everyone. Just put all the games, make the games all available online now for um, for mass consumption. Now,
2: just have just have a big clearinghouse of all the Islander games that people can kind of given and share and borrow. I mean, no one's getting rich off of this at this point, right? It's just about uh, getting the uh, getting the history of the of the team uh, to the fan base. Um Stevie, just a little bit more about yourself. How far back do you go with the team?
0: I go back to nineteen ninety one, the year I was born. I was born and raised an Islander fan. My dad's been an Islander fan since nineteen seventy two. Uh he started going to games in high school and he's been an Islander fan ever since um, and he was really the one who raised me to be a diehard Islander fan. Um, although I didn't really become a diehard Islander fan until the 2002 playoffs with uh, Toronto, that series really made me a, mm-hmm. a diehard for life. But I was I was born and raised an Islander fan. Me and my dad have season tickets. We've been season ticket holders since uh, 2011, and um, it's it's the Islanders are just something that we bond over, and it's a it's a tremendous thing.
2: All right, I must say, like I had you pegged as someone that was in their sixties, you know, had grown up with the Islanders, was a fan since nineteen seventy-two, and uh, made this his life's mission's work um, to get uh, to get all the the history of the Islanders um, o- online. So, um, somewhat surprised uh, that you're uh, a relatively young Islanders fan, certainly younger than me. My I, I was born in eighty-two. That ninety-three playoff run was uh, was kind of the defining moment for me in terms of becoming a diehard for life. Um, but, uh, obviously the, uh, the blue and orange runs deep with the history with you and your father, are you guys, have you been to any of the games so far this season? Um, as a season ticket holder, were you guys able to uh, be among the thousand or so in attendance uh, yet so far?
0: Yeah, we, we went on the 20th, the, uh, the six one win. So that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we hadn't been there in over a year and, um, it was just great to be back in the building and to, you know, see some, some familiar faces that you hadn't seen in a while. And, and, um, there's nothing like going on the game at Nassau Coliseum. It's it's so special. And, uh, to get that feeling back was, uh, it was huge. I, we, we, uh, we really enjoyed it and really, uh, appreciated it. And assume
2: the uh, seats are all picked out for Belmont as well.
0: Yes, sir. Um, section 110 row 11 seats 1 and 2 fantastic got to get you a tour of that place I feel like I feel so left out I feel like so many
2: people have gotten the opportunity to tour unless you have unless you, uh, you probably maybe have the dirt and, and have gone on the tour already
0: yeah no the the booster club did a tour we didn't uh, we weren't able to go on it though but we're we're part of the booster club and they had a tour um oh, but very um, fair. Awesome. yeah yeah they They do a great job, and uh you know, but we'll you know i'm not we'll get to see it eventually it'll it'll be open soon, and we'll all be able to get in so um, I'm not gonna lose too much people for not getting a tour.
2: <laughs> I think it'll be spending many nights and afternoons uh there over the many uh decades to come. Well, Stephen, I really appreciate this. I learned a few things about how this all came about. Uh, Make sure, if you're listening, to follow him on Twitter, at Isles History Today, and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Islanders Pride, closing in on 1.6,000 videos and on his way to 4,000 subscribers. So, Stephen, congratulations, I should say, on the success and how important this has been um, to um, Islander fans that have recently found you, and I will continue to be retweeting your work. As you continue to capture the moments on this day in Islanders history. Thanks a lot.
0: All right, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
2: Thanks again to Stephen Nisafaro, and uh, be sure to subscribe to his YouTube channel, Islanders Pride. Check out the Twitter account at Isles History Today. Some new videos coming out, usually a daily on this day in Islanders history. I certainly get a cat, get a kick of games I either remember watching or um, had never footage I've never seen before. Um, really good follow, and uh, we learned some interesting tidbits there, uh, Noel, in that interview. I could not believe that there was actually a somewhat black market, if you want to call it that, of ways of trading tapes of games right. and videos, and that's how he accumulates all these videos and puts on his channel that there's some kind of forums and message boards and I'll trade you the 1985 game four. If you give me the yes. 1993 game six, um, you know, I, I but uh, that's, that's how he does it, which was, which was surprising to me.
1: Right. It's like the pre-blockchain stuff. I'm thinking all the NFTs going on around. <laughs> that. It's, it's He's got to buy a,
2: what do they call it? The cold storage device to have, yeah. you know, the, uh, all the games on someday. So um, unfortunately, like he said, in the interview, the NHL's, gotten a little strict around uh you know the games and the more recent games you could find them elsewhere but in in terms of him building his own library uh for more recent games a little bit more difficult to post it up there now one game that uh hopefully we all get to see and remember a long long time and won't even need to have the video footage of it is coming up on april 3rd and that is nickelodeon night uh for the islanders and um, i'm super excited about this um I am a frequent Nick Jr. watcher now uh <laughs> with my daughter. We love Paw Patrol, uh right, specifically. Um, and um I'm I'm very excited about this. When the NFL playoff game of the Bears and Saints happened, yeah. I watched the entire game on Nickelodeon.
1: You Me too. Uh, it, it
2: was the it was the playoff game I had the least interest in, yeah. kind of, you know. And uh, I watched the entire game on Nickelodeon. And I got a kick out of it. Uh, it was over the top. It was somewhat ridiculous at times. You yeah. know, touchdowns and slime and everything else happening. But
1: right. I think this will be pretty fun. I, I'm, I'm super excited. I, I you know, wait. Hopefully, they'll. I mean, I don't think the broadcast will be like that. They won't be sliming somebody in the. Maybe they should slime somebody in the penalty box.
2: I'm sure they yeah. will slime someone. I'd be surp- I'd be disappointed if they did not.
1: Yeah. A- absolutely. Maybe they'll have you know Patrick Starr be one of the linesmen or something like that. But you, you mentioned Paw Patrol, and thankfully my daughter isn't watching anymore, so hopefully my son can avoid my son altogether. Mayor Goodway is probably the most incompetent politician I've ever seen in my life.
2: Have you met have you seen Bill de Blasio?
1: I'm taking, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can go, you know, a whole different <laughs> route there. But yeah, I mean it's like I don't know if he talks to a chicken though, right? <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe he does No, I mean,
2: but they do call him. They, the New York Post doesn't call him big bird um exactly he's a little bit of a cartoonish character in in that way um but uh you know what they did on the nfl game for those that don't that did not watch is they they explained the game in a way that was for a a kid And, and absolutely and and also i think hockey sometimes doesn't attract the fair weather fan um Because, you know, the rule, the game can be fast and maybe you don't understand the rules. And, you know, and if you haven't played it, I think not as many people play hockey uh, that they do some of the other sports like basketball or baseball growing up and they kind of know the game from there and then the terms and what they see on TV kind of mirrors what they remember playing. I think hockey, not everyone that's a huge hockey fan actually played. Um, now, at the same time, I don't know how many fans this is going to attract uh, to, the, to, to the game that aren't already big time hockey fans. But I am interested in having them, you know, try to explain offsides yeah. and try to explain icing. And I don't know what the lineup is and who they're going to plan to actually be the broadcasters of that game. Maybe they've announced and I haven't seen it yet uh, for Nickelodeon that I'm Eagles kid Noah do it um you know with um with Nate Burleson who did a really good job and some other uh, Nickelodeon um you know uh personalities so I'll be curious to see who they decide to
1: have uh in the booth yeah I mean I'm really really looking forward to I remember ESPN when they actually had hockey many years ago they had what we call hockey rules broadcast where it was you know basically catered toward you know towards explaining everything it wouldn't be like a you know, like, like a nuts and bolts broadcast, but they would, you know, focus on certain, you know, they would focus on the face off a little more and explain icing and you know, all the penalties and this like that. They do quick little like vignettes that, that they shot you know, prior with the um, ESPN talent about certain things. So th- that was, you know, a really good broadcast, but like m- maybe they will have um, an eagle son again, Noah Eagle, who was fantastic. I don't know how much Nate Brown knows about hockey, but he he was fantastic as well. Oh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. I wouldn't mind hearing Tom Kenny, the voice of SpongeBob, uh, do some color in that game. <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, uh, a Lou to.
2: a Lou Lamarillo interview with the uh, with the Nickelodeon uh, crew would be would be quite interesting if they, what they could see. Now Lou uh, getting slime, get, what they can get out of Lou.
1: Yeah, Lou getting slime. That might be it. Something I want to see. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. They gave <laughs> out the player of the game. I think at the end of that football Mitchell game, Tristan. and then someone was. Su- someone was supposed to get slimed at the end of the game. I think actually the coach was supposed to get like the Gatorade slime and it didn't really happen. So again, we'll, we'll, we'll see how they incorporate some things, but uh, I think a cool idea. I I certainly got a kick out of it during the playoff season for, for the NFL. And if I was a kid, I'd be uh, even more excited. And if I had a young, you know, if I, like I do, I do have a young kid, but it's a little too young to understand hockey. But uh, if I had a six, seven, eight year old, uh, I'd be very excited to watch the game with them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. like, Besides like Nick Jr., what are some of your favorite Nickelodeon shows?
2: I mean, growing up, it was more about like you know, Double Dare was kind of a yeah. thing growing up, right? Right. You know,
1: Nick, 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 Nick,
2: Nickelodeon. Yeah. Right. And I used to watch Nick at Night too. Yeah, uh, which was some tv shows from the 70s and 80s exactly. um being from brooklyn welcome back kater was on yeah. uh, Nick and night <laughs> right <laughs> so exactly I would, I would watch some of that as well yeah
1: all in the family and, and all of them mary Talamore show all now it's like they show friends it's like why aren't you yeah. friends? friends is on nine million channels because
2: we're old because yeah. we're old
1: but it's like even, yeah but like even then like you wouldn't see welcome back Carter on like any other channels whereas friends i think they show friends on the weather net channel too mm-hmm. just everywhere you know, but it looks like I'm like I'm a little bit older than you, but I remember the show. You, you can't do that on television, where yeah, yeah. slime and you know a lot of more What oh, about the- um,
2: wild and crazy kids? Wild and crazy, well, wild yeah. and crazy. They had like the teams, and they would do all these right. kind of um, you know, they'd have like kind of uh, I don't know what you would call it, just kind of games outdoors and kind of challenges, and yeah. they have accumulate points, and they were just regular kids with different colored shirts, and you'd watch that. Um, so we're dating ourselves, but uh, that's, that's, that's quite all right. Um, but uh, interested to see a good creative idea by hockey kudos to the Islanders. I'm not sure if they offered it to other teams and the Islanders mm-hmm. were the team, you know, the Islanders, the not, you know, mm-hmm. we're not that boring franchise and we're not exactly. that button up Lou Lamarillo rung team. that can't have uh, can have a little fun here. And let our hair down a little bit. Uh, but we are the uh, Nickelodeon uh, team on, on April the 3rd. Yeah. Um, other other things around uh, the Islanders, I want to give a, a shout-out, and you could probably do this every week, um, but uh, shout-out to the Blue Line Deli and Bagels for their new Table Shaker Sandwich, bacon, egg, and cheese, hash brown, the stable shaker hot sauce uh, created for Yes Men Outfitter, Darren, um, in stock. These guys do not stop coming out with creative ideas. It is unbelievable. Yeah with Donald and those guys do at the blue line um, deli and bagels. Uh, just, you know, whenever you think they kind of maxed out their Islander uh, themed products, uh, they're able to come up with some more and uh, that looked very cool. The labeling looked awesome. Um, again, I hate the fact that I'm so far away and cannot get there and visit, uh, but uh, very cool. Very cool to see.
1: Yeah. That's what I was going to bring up too. Cause I, love breakfast sandwiches especially with hot sauce i love hot sauce it's like one, one of my you know passions so that looks really, really good yeah for uh, i think it was for i don't think something my wife got me this big uh, hot sauce set that i have to uh, try and then for my birthday last week if people who went to buffalo and no wings a place called duffs and then uh shipped wings to my house it's from a site called gold belly that uses basically all, all around the country you can get all these fantastic, you know, foods from the country so I got about fifty wings shipped from Buffalo my birthday last week and oh man it was great. So my mom for that birthday gift. But I I, I actually got to blue wine deli real soon because that sandwich looks delicious and so does the hot sauce. Mm-hmm. So definitely yeah, gotta make a trek out there. Yeah,
2: listen, those guys work their uh, work their tails off and uh, do a lot of uh, good stuff in the community and and uh you know, create a theme around the Islanders and, and they continue to push it. And um, just another, another really great product there. And uh, I guess sticking with, um, you know, yes, men outfitters, uh, Darren also uh, released a um, design of his, uh, that he calls Gorton, uh kind of a play on the Gort- Gordon's Fisherman. Um, and uh, the, the shirts were printed by spectrum designs, a long Island apparel company located in Port Washington who employs those with intellectual and uh, developmental disabilities. Um, And uh, he took $10 from each sale of the teas and donated them towards my buddies, New York, an organization, offering one-on-one friendships, integrated employment and leadership programs. He ordered 250 teas. um, And that would be a $2,500 donation in honor uh, of course, of uh, Nolan Trotz, uh, Barry Trotz's son, who, um, does have uh, some developmental disabilities himself, and uh, so just a really great idea and concept to put together. And I'm sure he has, uh, if he hasn't already, will blow through the 250 Ts that were uh, originally the target. And it's a really cool T-shirt. Um, people are starting to receive them, and he's putting out lots of uh, you know tweets of people receiving uh, that uh, that uh, very, um, you know, very. Uh, I don't know how to describe it it kind of has it, it's the it's the islander logo with a little bit of uh, i still know what you did last summer vibe <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fisherman it, it, exactly. goalie uh, on there um so uh <laughs> congratulations uh to uh to Devin and uh great idea and uh for a great great cause
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and hopefully when the shirts get back in stock i'll have to pick one up because those those are really fantastic looking but uh, a little bit of news thank god the rangers won tonight Rangers so beat the Capitals. Rangers beat the Capitals. So let's uh, give some props to the Rangers. So they, See? Yeah. So the, the the Islanders only trail the pass by two going to uh, Thursday night's game.
2: So. Opportunity. Big opportunity for the Islanders uh, to get, uh, you know, a little payback on the Capitals. Rangers do them a favor. It's a nice win for uh, – Dan Quinn and and the Rangers there, especially after being down early in that game two nothing Um, did not, I did not see. So I just got the news from you, but uh, listen, teams lose games, people. I know it didn't feel that way sometimes. And the standings are very condensed with the way they're playing uh, teams this year and the condensed schedule and a lot of games in a short period of time. Uh, But you know, good teams do lose. If you look at how good the Capitals have played all year long, and you look at the fact that the Islanders are two points behind them, what really are we complaining about um, right. in a year where the Islanders have lost uh, their captain and their and their leading scorer? So, uh, yeah, thank you, Blue Shirts. I don't want the Rangers to win too, too much, you know. There was a point there I said uh, this week that, you know, there's an outside chance, an outside chance. Let's say the Rangers would finish fourth in the division and the Islanders would finish first. Right that you know what a shame it would be that you know 27 years after 1994 yeah. the team beat up in a playoff series and you'd have you know 1500 2000 fans uh, at the coliseum and at the garden although that'd be a pretty cool way to kind of send off the coliseum yeah. with one more final ranger islander right. series although i don't think my my heart could could take it even no. without trips to the uh blue line deli and bagels
1: yeah <laughs> absolutely you know sneaking in hot sauce at the coliseum <laughs> yeah
2: yeah um, all right. Well, listen, I think uh, we're even tempered. We're even keeled. Things are okay. Islanders are going to make a trade. We're going to reevaluate what the roster looks like at that point, And hopefully it kickstarts them and provides a spark and they're able to uh, maybe surprise some people and uh, get some revenge against the Capitals here. And uh, by the time we're doing this next week, post Easter and Passover, Islanders will be uh, solidified in their playoff position even a little bit more and uh, maybe in first place, or they'll slip slide down the standings, be firmly in third place, trying to hold off the Bruins for fourth, and the uh, Flyers will be within six points. So it's one of the other, Noel, and between now and the next time we meet.
1: Yeah, there's, there's, you know, it's black or white. There's no gray areas in this. So, <laughs> sorry, Islanders. <underpants. laughs>
2: All right, so that'll do it for this episode of PT Isles. Special thanks once again to Stephen Nisifaro Check out his YouTube channel, Islanders Pride, and the Twitter account at Isles History Today. Next up for the Islanders, they are home to the Washington Capitals on April 1st before they host the Flyers on April 3rd and then bring back the Capitals to the Coliseum for another home game on April 6th. For Noel Fogelman, I am Joe Bono. We will talk to you next week, Islanders country. Good night.